All right. I really want to start with the thing that's making me angry, but I feel like we should probably just, you know, take a second, take a step back and talk about maybe like one positive thing before we basically be negative the rest of the show. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, feel- I mean, it figures like it, it might be at least beneficial to our own mental health if we decide to like start good. Yeah, is that the best thing? Like, is it best to start good and then end feeling really angry at at, at a childhood love? Or is it better to... I feel like the correct thing is just to not ever feel negative things, but that's not usually that's, how the world uh, works. Well, we should give viewers the chance to listen to some happy things. And then that way, if they want to leave before it gets negative... Please don't leave. Just stay. We need you. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Here, here we are. Episode four, Cartridge and Quarters. You know, my name, Adam C.S. Radical, Chris, a.k.a. Jen and Chris. Um, yeah, there, there's totally nothing retro-related that's happened in the last week that would make us angry. So why? let's just not think about it right now, and, and we'll start off with something good. So without wasting any time, because we are on borrowed time, you know, Chris decided to be, you know, a very smart person, order food. Not in the place that he's from today. He decided to order it from like half hour away. So dinner yeah, for him took way longer. It was a good 45 minutes. <laughs> it was, uh, look, I'm look, an idiot. Google's hard. We all understand Google's hard. It's not my... The Uber Eats app was like, this one's only 99 cents delivery right now. I was like, ooh. I didn't do any thought beyond that. You're just like, that's a deal. No, ne- no other reading necessary. <laughs> no other reading necessary. Click, click, done. Yeah. Well, that's my fault. Like I said, we are on short time, so we're going to try to speed run this, which I guess is a uh, speed seems like the very key thing that we're going to be talking about later. But again, I said no angry stuff first. <laughs> no angry stuff first. Foreshadowing. But I mean, Sega does have to do with this first story and the only positive story. So I guess, you know, you take the, some of the good and some of the bad. Well, the good news is, is, well, there was a rumor for a while that Sega's been working on a pretty secret, like, AAA project. And what it's reported to, I think Bloomberg was the first one to report it, and now it's carried since, uh, that it's not actually one big one. It's going to be a series of them. And even the two that we know of now aren't even the full scope of it yet. So there Mm -hmm. may still be more making a comeback. But for now, we know that it's Jet Set Radio, and we know that it's Crazy Taxi. So I'll start with you, Chris. Which of the two are you more excited for? Because I know where I'm at. I, okay, so I want to say Jet Set Radio because I haven't spent as much time with that game as I wanted to. Because I got to that game after, like, the Dreamcast era. And uh, so I just, I didn't get the time. And I and I want it. I put a lot of time into Crazy Taxi, and I would definitely play some crazy fucking taxi. But um, I'm more excited for, obviously, the uh, the one I didn't, I didn't get to, to sink my teeth into enough when I was younger. Yeah, like Jet Set was one of those games that I never owned because I also never owned a GameCube. So like the person that I knew that ever had that had it was like I get to see like once in a blue moon. And if we were going to play anything, it wasn't going to be Jet Set Radio. It was going to be like, you know, Halo, like normal people would, you know, in that era. But, you know, every time that I saw this, I went, oh, so it's kind of like a Tony Hawk game with a little bit extra to it. It seemed like it, it like obviously it's more than just, you know, Tony Hawk, but on roller skates, which. I'm pretty sure it existed too because in that era everything had its own game because like uh what was oh, yeah. it Matt Hoffman had his BMX game. Yeah. Uh, there was there was even the point that there was a M-rated BMX game because you know that's that's how the world was back then. But like Jet Set was kind of on its own because of the cell shading. 
you know, it was different because it wasn't just, you know, trying to emulate real life. This was more of a, like, anime meets Tony Hawk level kind of game. Yep, absolutely. And, I mean, again, with, like, the, the punk rock, like, graffiti art, like, I guess not even really punk rock in this case. It's more of, like, a uh, like an EDM, like, like you, like, you know, like, dance beat remix, like, you know, like, urban culture kind of deal to it. And it's it's one of those things that, my God, like, whatever, whenever that first trailer comes out, I'm going to be so excited to see what that looks like because in today's graphics, you know that's going to pop. Yes. The, the colors that the... Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, they could make that look so beautiful so crazy awesome just stylish oh i'm so excited for that i mean i think of like what persona 5 already did in terms of like how colorful it was then you look at like say like what um arc system works does with now with guilty gear and you recently had dragon ball fighters and grand blue fantasy uh can't remember what the full title of that game was for the fighting game because it's escaping me right now but like when especially in anime now like we're starting to see like this trend where you know, we figure, oh, well, the graphics aren't going to get any better. Well, the difference is now is that with more anime-related games, not to say that Jet Set Radio is an anime, it just has the aesthetic of it. Yeah. You know, these games on these consoles can now almost look like they're literally anime in a video game, whereas a lot of times, like, anime video games, like, you think of this this exact era from Jet Set Radio, like, any Dragon Ball Z, like, fighting game, they look like Dragon Ball Z sort of because of spiky hair, whereas now... Like the the newest one that Arc System works in, it legitimately looks like the anime in a fighting game. So it's yeah. it's it's amazing to think like in a game like this too, like you know, sixty frame per second jet set radio in like massive like high quality visuals is going to look fantastic. Oh, that makes me so excited! Oh, I want it now. It's going to be a while. I need to not think about it because then I'll just think about it too much. Well, and anyways, I'm glad that you that you went with jet set so that way I had an excuse to put footage up because my answer is definitely Crazy Taxi. Oh, is it? <laughs> nice. 100% it's Crazy Taxi. Now, granted, there's still a part of me that leans further to the other th- way that I played it, which was more Simpsons Road Rage rather than Crazy Taxi. But regardless, like anytime I remember going to uh, what we knew as the Palladium, you know, when we were kids, mm-hmm. every time you'd see Crazy Taxi in there, you had to play it at least once. Yeah. It was a guarantee you had to. You sucked at it because who knew that driving crazy with an actual wheel and and, and accelerator pedal would be hard? Who knew? Yeah. Having having like, you know, actual control to be able to park properly when you're too busy trying to ram things and actually be on a timer. Who knew who knew that, that would be difficult? Crazy Taxi though is definitely one of those games that I cannot wait to play all over again because it's a game that I never actually played seriously because it was I was only a kid when it came out. So I've never played it as an adult where I would actually try now, where I would actually like take a full step forward in actually, you know, wanting to not beat the game, but like straight up, like not lose after like playing it for three minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point because I was in the same boat as you that anytime I played it, I didn't get very far with it. It was pretty hard. And especially if you're playing it in the arcade, it's not like it was designed to be easy because you know we want your quarters yeah and i remember playing that and i i, I was like all right go pick up this person okay drop them off okay pick up this person okay go and i would get like to two people and i'd die on the second one They're yeah like, hey, and, i didn't do it i'm like and the thing too with arcades is that a lot of the times back in the day like it was either one of two things and in our case a lot of the time it was the time that you had it wasn't tokens it was yeah. time because palladium yes. used to do a thing where it would be you pay for the hour so you knew that if you spent too much time in one game, you were going to miss out on others. So often when Crazy Taxi, you would more along the lines like, 
you would try to do good at it. Like, you're not going to play a game to be bad at it, but, like, you wouldn't go out of your way to, like, take it seriously and know roots and everything. You would just go, okay, I'm going to hit stuff, but I'm also going to try to do stuff, but mostly hit stuff. <laughs> and that's basically oh, how it ran. <laughs> Whereas yeah. this time, you know, I'll approach this game being like, okay, I mean, it's still going to be fun to hit stuff. But, like, I yeah. want to see if I actually can be good at this game. Yeah. I wonder if you will. I mean, it, it depends. That, also, that's a great stream game. Oh, that would be a great stream game. Oh, ideas. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and it's it's the kind of thing, too, that, you know, hey, at any point, we can always just go like, hey, who can do it better? You know? Yeah, that's true. It won't be me. I'm going to suck at it. I can tell. Well, I mean, I am the better one at video games. We already know that. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, between the two, it's nice to know that um, we're going to start seeing something a little more... Like, I feel at least with the games that they've chosen, they're not games that are, like, superstar caliber. So, like, they're going to, like, really disappoint people. If Crazy Taxi comes out and it's okay, it's not going to hurt. Because, I mean, it's also a format, too, that you don't have to really do that much to make it, to make it good. Yeah. Like, realistically... Yeah. I, I know it's I don't want to challenge Sega to do this, but like it, you have to try really hard to make Crazy Taxi a bad game. Yeah, like it would just have to control like ass, and I and the game kind of normally expects to, so it, it almost feels like impossible in that endeavor. Yeah. It's not a bug; it's a feature. That's what they just say. They just that's all they do. Is there anything like from the dead that you would like Sega to bring back to like add into that? There's, I mean, there's a bug. I think there's one that we both would agree on. But, like, is, is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head that, like, hasn't seen the light of day in forever you'd like to see be a part of this, like, a cascade of AAA games they seem to be starting to, to pump back into the surface? Well, there's that Dreamcast collection that's, um, like, Sega Bass Pro Fishing or whatever it was, and also that Space Channel... Space Channel 5, game? I think? Yeah, I never actually played that one, so I don't know if it was, like, a dancing rhythm game or something like that. I mean, I think it'd be kind of fun to bring that back, but I don't imagine that one would have the same appeal. I think that would be more like people buying it for their kids, maybe, depending on how hard it is. Yeah. That, but like that, and then of course, like also Dreamcast era, Sonic Adventure, like actually bringing that kind of idea back. But I mean, we haven't lost Sonic and there's like the sonic frontiers and all that other stuff so it's kind of like sonic's just gone that way so it's kind of like sonic adventure still here yeah i don't know i just would like like a more toned down just like sonic adventure one but with now mechanics and graphics well i can give you five off the top of my head that would be amazing to wow. see also make a comeback um two of them are jrpgs one of them's a shooter one of them's like a side-scrolling beat-em-up, and another is, I've never played it, but I assume it was like a third-person, like, sort of flying simulator. So, okay. Panzer Dragoon, which is the one that I oh. consider like a flying simulator, almost like Rogue, Rogue yeah. Squadron, but with dragons. I think yeah. that did make a sort of comeback, but I like to see like an actual, like, pretty conceited, like, effort to do a new version of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the side-scrolling beat-em-up. Streets of Rage already happened, and the newest Street of Rage apparently is amazing, and I still got to play that. But I would like to see yeah. Golden Axe do a comeback. Oh, Golden Axe would be so good. Now, the remake of this exists, not Golden Axe, the next game, but I want to see a new one, House of the Dead. Oh, House of the Dead, yes. Because uh, By the way, I've heard the remake is not good, so watch out for that. Oh, is this the one that's coming out soon, right? I think Yeah, I think it's supposed to be coming out for Switch, I think, maybe. 
Yeah. But appara- yeah, and apparently it's not it's not that great. But you know, yeah. either way, House of the Dead, like I would love to see like that's the other thing too. Arcade games don't seem to be new anymore. Like there's not a lot of new arcade shoot. Like Time Crisis has disappeared. Mm-hmm. House of the Dead's gone. Like there's not that new like light gun game anymore. Seems like that's just no. fizzled out. But then again, arcades have mostly fizzled out unless you're at like a Cineplex these days or whatever your cinema of choice is wherever you are in the world. But that that would just be cool. Um, the JRPGs is where we get interesting. So oh, JRPGs. Skies of Talk Arcadia. Oh, good choice. Which I still need to play the original. I haven't played the original much. And I have heard it is one of the most underrated JRPGs out there. And I need to get around to that. Same with uh, Grandia. That's another one that's that I've been told is like really underrated for when, when it was back in the day when final fantasy was King. Yeah. And then of course the last one fucking fantasy star. What the hell, man? It can't just be an MMO. Yeah. Where's like fantasy star five. I just want to hear the dun, 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 dun. I just want to hear that music. Yeah. Let's, let's not, let's not even have a, I don't even want like a full on AAA. Like, I just want like another like game that looks like a Sega Genesis version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. I actually would like to see more games make a comeback in the same format that they were originally like last presented as. So instead of like suddenly being like, here's fantasy star after like 30 years and it's, it's unrecognized. Like, okay. I don't think it would be unrecognizable, but it just looks more like tales or a star ocean now. I'd love to see yeah. a Fantasy Star Five where it looks literally like it just came to, to Genesis again. I'd love yeah. to see like somebody take the reins and do that different as a different project rather than just spending a massive budget. Because honestly, you get a small team of like passionate people together, like get a small team of like ten, and just do like okay, guys, make like what would be a Sega Genesis game, but now in 2022 with like what we actually know works. Yeah, yeah, and like just. Most oh. of your budget's going to the artistry. Yeah. Oh, that would be... Fantasy Star was the JRPG that got me into JRPGs. Oh, Fantasy it was, Star it was, 4. It was probably the first one I ever played because I didn't own a Super Nintendo until after I had a Genesis, and I had a friend Same. that had Fantasy Star 4. Yeah. I. It was not my first, but it was the first one I played myself. I played Final Fantasy, I think, 4 a little bit at my friend's house. And I was like, oh, JRPGs are so good. Um, and I went and all I had was a Genesis. I was like, I have to find one. And I bought Fantasy Star 4 because it was the only one I think that really existed. I'm sure there was a couple others, but like that was the one. It's also one of those games too that did something unique that I wish somebody else would try in the fact that like it actually had quote unquote cutscenes in that era because they were Mm -hmm. almost like manga panels. Yeah. Or like comic comic panels, which was a really cool way to establish story rather than just being a bunch of sprites standing at each other. You know, as yeah. much as I love Final Fantasy, you know, Fantasy Star in the way that it did all, some of its some of its actual story building was through those panels and it actually sold parts. Like it's a the game is 30 plus years old, but like one of the main like literally what you perceive to be the main character dies like halfway into the game and it's and it's through these comic panels and it would have so much more weight than say, yes. you know, when say like General Leo dies in, in Final Fantasy 6. Yeah. Like it's not nearly as shocking because in the comic strip now, now you actually see facial expression. Whereas it's just sprites. And the most you're going to see is like them standing still or like falling to their knees, like kind of sprite is the best they can pull off. Right. So yeah. I even those panels were so good. Even if it wasn't 
you know, like real ground. I would almost rather they not do cutscenes if they were ever to make a AAA version of that, but just still do the stri- the panel strips. So like yeah. almost like it's a manga panel, like a like a four coma panel sort of deal. So in, instead of you know, an ele- like stop wasting an elaborate budget on your CG cutscenes because I mean, as cool as they look, sometimes it's simple is really good too because it also makes it unique. Yeah, it's unique, and I'd almost argue that some of the emotions that you can show in those still images are more than because it was like one still image of a face and then it would be another one and you'd see a body with like a knife in it and then you see another like it was just the way because your imagination kind of fills in the rest and makes it extremely emotional you actually get almost more attached than with some cg cutscenes because there's no imagination left at that point like it looks the way it looks and you can't fill in the blanks of how tragic it really was yeah, and for anybody watching the video version, which again, Pixel Play Podcast, you can search it on YouTube to find the video version of the show. Also, Spotify has it now, which is great. Uh, you guys can see what it looks like right now. And again, like it's for that time because that game is in the in the early '90s. Like it looks nothing like you would assume games to look like back in those days because they wouldn't waste time on that. Generally speaking, I'm sure there's other games that do something akin to that, but like it was pretty rare to find, especially as a kid. That blew my mind because you never saw that. Yeah, no, it was it it definitely blew my mind too. Hundred percent. Bring it All back. Right. Well, we're going from blowing our minds to infuriating them, so let's finally get oh. to it. We 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 spent about seventeen minutes not talking about Sonic Origins. And look, look, I'm not saying it's gonna be a bad game, but what the fuck, Sega? What the actual fuck? Yeah, like I, I this is one of those situations where I think the company probably finally did a remaster properly because they got they actually got the developers of sonic mania involved used a lot of their tools and stuff um they helped with sonic 1 2 and sonic 3 and knuckles i think um and my god like it looks like sonic mania like you can see the sonic mania like touch to it you know the original games but like just that extra polish and the animations that that they've drawn and made and it's like, oh my gosh, Square's actually, I mean Square, sorry, so used to getting mad at them. <laughs> Sega's actually making like a remaster and they're doing it right. And then and then they probably were like, hey, we got something here and we should make money. We should just really make this a fucking fuckery. I don't even know what else to call it. Like what kind of weird pricing schedule release thing is this with DLC that's not actually DLC? It's like menu options locked behind being pre Yeah, you want to and... pay extra for camera control on certain what? games? Yeah, like, it was... And I think it's, like, on the menu or something? It was, like, camera control of the island in the menu. What does that even mean? Why is there five tiers worth of this? Like, what is happening? So, straight up, like, this, this is what we're looking at here. So, if you get the standard edition, you get the game. Boom. Congratulations. But if yep. you pre-order, and it's f- interesting because it doesn't matter whether it's standard or the deluxe edition, it's if you pre-order, you get 100 bonus coins, which I don't know what that means. Does that just mean you get an extra life at the start of it? Like, what does that mean? I think that there's some... So when you play the new version, they don't have lives anymore. You just, as you play, you earn coins and you use those coins to like buy stuff or something. I don't know. You know, it's still kind of still kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah. Then, or you could, or you could get mirror mode. I'm like, okay, so you can play the game in reverse, fine. And why wouldn't? Yeah, which is, I guess, kind of weird. 
I, yeah. I didn't ask for it, but okay. Uh, you can get a letterbox background. Ooh. Ooh. So there's your pre-order bonuses. But if you get the premium fun pack, yes, that's the name for it. You get hard missions. Yes, that's the premium fun pack giving you hard missions. What's fun about that? <laughs> uh, also the letterbox background. If you, if you didn't pre-order, you can still, don't, don't worry guys. If you didn't pre-order the game, pay us more money and you'll get the letterboxes still. It's okay. Uh, character animation in the main menu. You have to pay for, I guess, Sonic to do his little tappy foot cross his arms thing in the menu or something, which yeah. is okay. Why am I paying for that? Also, how does that count as premium fun? Yeah. And then there's the camera controls over the main menu islands and then character animations during music islands, which again, what the hell does that mean? It must be like you can listen to the soundtrack and it gives you animations while you just sit and listen to the soundtracks. I mean, let's yes. be honest, whatever the price of that DLC is, you're basically buying hard mode. That's it. Like, yeah. Let's not kid ourselves here. You're buying hard yeah. mode. And then there's the classic music pass or pack, which is just, you know, older, the older versions of the tracks, which to me is they should be in there. Yeah, why aren't they just in there? And then oddly enough, if you just buy the Digital Deluxe Edition, you get all that stuff. And if you pre-order, you get that Start Dash Pack, which has the bonus coins, mirror mode, and the letterbox background. So if you buy the Digital Deluxe Edition, which apparently is only $5 US more than the standard, you just get everything. To which I go, if 5 bucks is all it costs you, why not just put it in the game? Yeah. Why isn't it just in there? Oh, and, and those other two tiers where it's like coming soon, are those going to be like a dollar each? I, and I and like, I think I heard that it's going to be forty bucks to start anyway. So like, what's the difference between forty and forty five? Yeah, that's in U.S. too. Canada's so like, getting hit way harder. What, what are you asking for here? Like, Seg, I I almost had the square too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you guys asking for? What, what do you think this five bucks is getting you? Like, no one's going to pay that. No, it's getting it's it's confusing. Like, let's be honest. I think you've probably caused more people to not buy it until it goes on sale now. Rather than if you just said, okay, here's here's our here's our main copy. But if you want to pay five bucks more, here's all this bonus stuff that you if you really want it. But the fact that they did this this massive chart makes us feel like it's like what happens when you try to pre-order uh, Assassin's Creed, but you had to pre-order from Best Buy to get this specific reward, or you had to pre-order yeah. from GameStop to get this specific award. It brought people oh, yeah. back to 2015. It's like Japan, stop being so goddamn out of touch. Oh, I saw that and I went like, I was hyped for this. At first I wasn't like when it was first announced, I was like, I already have the Sega Genesis collection. Why would I need Sonic by itself? But then I actually saw what it was and it's like not an emulated just Genesis copy. Like they've entered, like they've widescreen mode and like, it's basically they had to recode the game a bit in the same way as Sonic Mania. And there was all this extra stuff like playing Sonic one, but with knuckles, like you can just totally mess around. I got very excited, but also my brain was reasonable and was like, this $25 to $30 Canadian thing is going to be great. And then there's tears and it starts very expensive and I'm very confused I, I, and, I, and upset. I've said it in so many different instances. If you want things to go well, just keep it simple. And then if you made a mistake, just shut the hell up. In this case, Square, or see, I, I finally did it. I finally <laughs> fooled myself. See, Sega, all they had to do was say, here's this new game. 
You want to get Sonic 1, 2, 3, and CD, which I didn't catch the first time, but I've never actually played Sonic CD, so I'm kind of actually excited to play it in a much cooler, in a much more, like, updated form, which will be nice. Yeah, yeah. All they had to do is say, hey, here's this collection. I, you know, honestly, the $40 price tag doesn't bother me because I, would, I wouldn't even got it at launch to begin with because I don't need it. It's a backlog, yeah. like, time waster if I want it. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, like, I'll get it at some point when it's, like, 15 bucks, you know? But all they had to do is say, hey, here's this thing for 40 bucks," And they could have said nothing. At bare least, they could have gone, okay, well, you know what? Here's this, like, $5 extra thing that you can buy if you want to get a premium edition. It has all this bonus stuff. And throw just a little bit extra in there because, quite frankly, like, most of this stuff is such trivial things. Like, yeah. you, could, you could do a little bit more. Like, I would even say, like, hey, just for fun, here's, here's Sonic Spinball as a bonus game. Yeah, like, yeah. That's how you do it. Like that that's at least like a cool throw in. Like something to make people go like, oh, that's actually worth like there's intrinsic value to that piece of, of extra content, you know? Yeah. In, instead we played the GameStop pre order game. Yeah. Oh. And and it's like and it's just it's like settings. Like even mirror mode and stuff like that. You buy a game, something like a mirror mode, you'd assume that would just also be in the game, or it's a free update later. But even if it is a paid thing, like put all of those Hard mode, mirrored mode, and all that kind of stuff. Make just that, the I guess, the DLC of, like, you know, another few dollars. Because I'm pretty sure even Sonic Mania had DLC, but it added two characters and some other stuff. It's funny, too, because I'm trying to think about what hard mode's going to look like in those games, because I remember playing Launch Base. It's already hard as it is. It's I don't, don't want to know like... what Launch Base is like on hard mode. I hate yeah. that level. <laughs> Beating Sonic 1. <laughs> hard mode that that game alone was just hard mode oh, i mean i yeah. mean to to talk positively just a little bit about these about these i guess four games but i, th- I don't even have either of us played sonic cd because i haven't i have okay, uh, so they, have. there was a very similar release kind of like a sonic mania like there was one modder uh who was modding sonic games i can't remember who this was it wasn't the same people as sonic mania they did a release of sonic cd sega got them got involved and released it on PS3. Um, and then later also on PC. So I have it on Steam as well. But it's actually like a widescreen, like built kind of from the ground up. Had a bunch of extra features in there that weren't more money. And it was like $15 the day it released. I mean, it was only one Sonic game versus like a collection. Um, but that one already kind of had like a slightly more recent release that's going to be similar, I think, to what's in here. Uh, I guess to to give one like fun question in this, uh, what was your favorite Sonic boss out of all the games that would be in this oh, pack? Boss. Oh, I don't know. Like Sonic Three, I definitely played over and over and over and over and over. That was the one I dropped so many hours into. So I would probably go with one of the bo- like probably the final boss from Sonic Three. Yeah, I was gonna go with Big Arms too because yeah. It's it is a terrifying boss to fight. The sky goes dark and stuff. Oh, and the yeah. muse, the it's a fantastic piece of music at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like even when I did a speed run, which is actually on this channel, if anybody wants to look for it, I did like a speed run of Sonic Three, aka I tried to beat it as quickly as possible, and it was it was not that fast. But <laughs> Big Arms was the only thing that I was freaked out about. Like I thought, okay. You know, I know there are certain parts of the game that I might struggle with a little bit, 
But generally speaking, Big Arms is the only thing I'm worried about because I never really, like... I beat the game a couple of times as a kid, but it was never something that, like, I breezed my way through. So to get to that point was going to be, like, the thing. And it's still a terrifying fight to this day, you know? It's one of those fights that just... You start to get a better sense of, like, where he's going to spawn in that fight. But for the first couple of tries, like, you're sitting there being like, okay, but if he comes from here... And usually you go into that fight with almost no rings. If you're lucky, you've got, like, four. Yeah. That's how it always was with me. So you're sitting there thinking, if I mess up once, I might be one hit away from death. And there's he takes a lot of hits. He does. Yeah. But with it's, that a, boss, it's I, a fun fight. It is. I definitely played that game probably, like, 500 times. It got to the point where I could take him out with basically not getting hit and i memorized his patterns like to the pixel i wonder if i could still do that i feel like i'd go in and die instantly and be like nope i lost it yeah it'd be interesting to find out um to quickly go off of this we talked about it on the wednesday show with me and kaylin um nintendo looks to be getting game boy advance games on the switch in the near future uh two-part question i'll give you the first one does if if they put this on the expansion pass does that make it a valuable piece yet or is it still got work to do still got work to do i would say the expansion pass which if it goes to the expansion pass part still got work to do if it went to the normal switch online the like 25 dollars a year i mean that would be amazing i'd be like yeah no that's totally worth it that just made that tier like the tier if they add it to the expansion pass it's still not going to be enough i mean if they drop like a hundred games fine yeah that yeah, that was exactly my point it's like if it's just another eight to ten like it's been with like n60 yeah. or not n64 um actually yeah n64 and sega genesis think, yeah it, like it needs to be more than just 10 yeah like if you drop a good chunk of the library in and like like it's a decent selection then maybe we can talk about it yeah a hundred percent and and the thing is is that nintendo it's it, it like the thing is is what their idea would what this could be would be worth it it's not like the idea of where this going because it's only retro games and all that it's like oh it's not worth it it absolutely could even at this higher tiered whatever it is like 50 dollars or whatever like double the price of the lower tier the problem is is like you've got nintendo you've got super nintendo you've got n64 genesis and then now like all these game boy games if they keep up their release schedule of like once every three months, they're like, here's three games. And they're clearly ones that didn't cost much in royalties to get on there. That's not a big deal. Like I like they release stuff on there. And the only time I ever get excited now is if it's like Donkey Kong Country 2 or 3 or something. But at this point, all of that's on there. Like they've already released all those big hitters. Yeah, I mean, generally so you're looking like, at a case of like, okay, this will be good in 10 years at this rate. Yeah, it's going to take too long. Because, I mean, look, people are going to complain about the PlayStation price, but, like, PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium are going to launch with, like, hundreds. Yes. So even if you don't like all of those games, you're not sifting through a party of 10. You're sifting through a party of, like, 200 if we're talking just premium alone with the retro. Yeah. At least if we're to believe what they're saying with that. Um, But, yeah, like, if, if they came out with, like, let's even say 50, I'd be like, you know what? That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, like... 25 game boy games 25 game boy advance and actually yeah just that like say it was even just that like even just right there i'd be like you know it's gonna be a good 25 because like it's gonna be a lot of like pokemon mario zelda like you're gonna get a good chunk of stuff they'd go with the ones they didn't have to pay to put on there because they own the license 100 percent. and that would make me definitely have a look it's like with this n64 stuff if they had released 25 to 50 n64 games 
or like 25 N64, 25 Genesis that are different Genesis than the 1999 Sega Genesis collection that's already on everything, then yeah. And if they started releasing games that are like third party, like uh, like Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo portion or something like a anything from Square, like the golden days of, of JRPGs on Super Nintendo, that would make me even more excited for, for these any switch online stuff but they don't seem to get a lot of like the third party or if they do it seems like it costs them so much so they get like one and it's like okay cool but you know that's one yeah so when i've done that game what do i do like i got the nintendo first party games but like you know this should be something where it's like oh wow i can't believe that game is on here that's crazy how did they even do that how'd they work it out like that's what i want and i and i hope that's what this one day becomes i'm not very hopeful of it because it's already been like five years and i feel like well uh, maybe they've had this for like three or four but i feel like they would have already started to do more it seems like they're adding new systems but like does that mean the other systems are maxed out you've already got all your royalties used up and you don't have money for other ones like great put other stuff Uh, that's why i'm hopeful for the playstation one i feel like there might be xeno gears or something on there that i don't have access to and now i will so in that case, then, if you're going to take three games to put in that package and one of them has to be not Nintendo, like a, like an outlier, like something that would be a little bit off the cuff, what would you go with? I mean, the outlier? Okay, well, I don't know how outlier this is, but definitely like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yeah, that's a that, good pick. That's because that, like, I have no other way I even think right now legally to play that. Like, I can't think of a way to do that. Um there would definitely be some like crazy ones in there that I can't think of. Obviously, I actually like, forgot the... for a moment that Golden Sun was Nintendo because that would initially have been my thought. And then I went, wait, no, that's Camelot. That's Nintendo. Yeah, I was actually going to say of the actual first party Nintendo ones, it would have been Golden Sun and um, like Pokemon, any of the old Pokemons, like Red and Blue, probably. Yeah, or like, actually, no, I'd probably play Yellow because I had Blue growing up and played the crap out of it. It'd be nice to try like yellow just because it's slightly different but either way like a classic pokemon golden sun and tactics advance those three alone especially tactics tactic advance would would catch my eye it would actually make me think like i mean it's one year for 50 something dollars and i could play that that alone i'd pay ten dollars to do is it worth it you know what i mean yeah for Uh, sure yeah okay well we've gone we've gone through a bit of frustration now it's time to go through uh like more um depression. Oh, you ready to feel just, old? Yeah, like I just felt shitty about Sega. As you can see, Sonic is like very important to me. He's all over this freaking basement. And now you're going to just make me feel old and sh- shittier than I already feel. Yeah. <sighs> Sega shit's on my childhood and now you're just about to rub it in my face. So it's our new weekly segment <laughs> this week and we're old. No. So this is from the 15th to the 21st. So for those who who are new here, basically I'm taking like, there is some implicit bias with some of the games I pick, but mostly they're games that I feel like are recognizable for most. And I'm not limiting it to original release dates because then in which case, like, it's not fair for everybody because the release dates aren't the same for everyone. So I try to stick with mainly North American, European, and Japanese dates because that's where basically most of these things come from. So... 15th had nothing, so we go to the 16th 
of April, where there are three games on this list. The first one is the first of many Spider-Man movie tie-in games on the PS2. So the original came out in 2002. That was for PS2, Xbox, GameCube, PC, and even a Game Boy Advance game, which is interesting. It's no Spider-Man 2, but in order to get to the best, you have to start somewhere. Yep, yep. Next on the list, 1998. This is a personal favorite of mine. On the N64 in North America, Mystical Ninja starring Gomon. Oh my god, that game was so good. I used to love... That was my first game I did everything in my power to try and get emulated on my computer. That that was the first game that exposed me to uh, Japan, basically. Yeah. Because if there's anything oh. that's that, that that game did for me, it's tell me just how fucking bizarre J- Japanese culture can be. Yeah, that was, oh, I can still hear the song. <laughs> oh, that's so good memories. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna look if any of that music's on Spotify. I got to oh, well, find it. If it's not on Spotify, that's a YouTube search away. That's easy. Yeah, okay, that's true. And then last but not least, in 1996, in arcades, NBA Hang Time, which most people may forget, Ooh. but that was... That was from the same makers as NBA Jam, but Acclaim actually bought the license for it, so now there became two games. So at yep. that time, there was NBA Jam Extreme, and then there was NBA Hang Time, which was made by the original developers. All right. I, I mean, most people will still remember NBA Jam, but Hang Time was kind of what came off of that. Yep, yep. That's a good one. Then we get into no April the 17th. Two pretty cool ones on this list. Again, one of them very close to me. 2002 is both of them. The first one is Breath of Fire for the Game Boy Advance here in North America. Or sorry, Breath of Fire 2. Oh, okay. Which is actually my personal favorite. That one I like a lot. Yeah. uh, Speaking of games that need to make a comeback. Oh, those they do. And speaking of games that are actually on Switch Online, Breath of Fire 1 and 2. Actually, on Switch yep. Online, I still got to go like out there and play three and four. I've never played either of those, and that's something I need to. to... I had them, just never finished. Yeah, I don't remember why. I just had so many JRPGs going on my PS One. I didn't know how to keep up. And the other one, I don't know if I ever played it or not, but I knew of it for a long time. Uh, the operative, No One Lives Forever, for on PS Two, oh, which was not its original release date. It that is November 9th of two thousand on PC, but this was the PS Two console release in North America. Mm-hmm. And it was always like that was supposed to be like I guess what Perfect Dark could have been if they kept doing Perfect Dark because it was the female secret agent kind of game. Although I think yeah. I think no um, no one lives forever was had a bit more of a comedy twist to it if I'm not mistaken. It was kind of like I, a I think it might have been a bridge between like what Bond games and like Time Splitters became sort of. Yes, and I haven't played it, but I've watched speed runs and stuff of it, and that's what I took from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the 18th. We have three games on this list. Uh, very different in ages on all of them. 2000 for PC in North America, Legoland, which was basically Roller Coaster Tycoon, but with Lego. Yep. Oh, I played that. I'm, I, you, you're the Roller Tycoon guy, so that makes perfect sense to me. Oh, yeah. I saw Le- I was like, yep, I'm playing that. Uh, 1994. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 2 on the SNES in Japan, which I don't think we ever really got any here in North America. We finally, I think, yeah, we finally have all the Persona games now, but I don't think we still have a lot of the original Megami Tensei games. And they're they're creepy as shit, too. Like, a lot of the art even back in those days was, like, kind of, like, off-the-cuff, like, terrifying in a way. That's probably why we didn't get them. It's very macabre when, when when you look at that stuff. 
And then um, the last one is, I never knew this existed, but apparently there is a sequel to Dig Dug called Dig Dug 2 Trouble in Paradise, which released on the NES in Japan. And I was not aware Dig Dug ever had a sequel. Oh, I thought he just dug down and then he was like, oh, I'm stuck. And that was it. That was yeah, that, that's year. that's all it is. You <laughs> dig down and then you, and then you stop. He got dug. <laughs> but yeah, that's the 18th. 19th had absolutely nothing of interest, at least in my eyes. Uh, we get to the 20th where there are four games and there are some nice ones in here. Uh, 2001 uh, in Europe, the PS2 release of Unreal Tournament. Obviously not its first release, but still pretty legendary. Oh, very. A lot of, like, if you if you didn't play Quake, you were playing Unreal Tournament, basically. Like, if you weren't on yeah. Quake, Unreal Tournament would have been the one you were playing instead. Kind of like if you weren't playing Wolfenstein 3D, you were playing Doom. Yeah. You were always doing one or the other, right? Yeah. Then there's my personal favorite, 2000, for the PlayStation 1 in Japan, Mega Man Legends 2, a game that seriously needs what? to see the light of day again. Yeah, that needs to come back. Which we that, talked about I, last week. We did. We did. But, wow, it's all coming back. Yeah, that game's 20, 22 years old. Boo. Oh, Where's the third one? That's been yeah. rumored forever. It has. It's not even like no one's talked about it. It's been heavily rumored for about 22 years. Now, a lot of people here in the West will not know this next one, but this was a very this is a very popular series and well-known series in Japan. Uh, Super Robot Tyson in 1991, uh, also known as Super Robot Wars for the Game Boy in Japan. I believe that's the first one in the series, if I'm not mistaken. That that was a pretty famous one. I felt like putting in that in there, and you know, just to give some sort of a shout out to the Japanese audience that we don't have. But you know, just in, just I'm covering my bases. Just in case, covering your bases. And then speaking of things in Japan that we never get to see, 1990. Everybody knows this character, but they've never gotten this game, which is Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, also known as the game that Marth is from. Yeah. Wait, did they? I think they just released that on Switch in North America. They actually, not, you know what? They it, it was either it was that like, or it was a different. Like there, there's definitely like one that they released recently. It yeah, might they, actually they, be that one, but it might also be a different one. I bought it because they put it on the store, and it's like five dollars. Because it's just like the original game. They didn't do anything to it. Yeah, they it's basically translated it. Yeah, they. It, that's what they did. They just translated it. But I don't remember if that's the one because it's also got a funny name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're yeah, left I, with, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, wow, like I, I keep forgetting that that Fire Emblem is that old. Well, because we never saw one until we saw uh, Blazing Dragon for the Game Boy Advance, which would yeah. have been like 2000s. And that was like Lindis. That was, that, that's the first character we got exposed to as like a main character in Fire Emblem. But we already, I think at that time we already had Super Smash Melee. So we had Martha and Roy, but we didn't know what the fuck they were. Swordmen, go! <laughs> I mean, I play the shit out of them because, yeah, they were good. Oh, yeah, they were good. They were definitely good characters to play as. And then last, we end on the 21st, which is today. So on this day, five games. They're all 1995 and younger. So nothing in the last... So, like, they're all 25 plus years old now. That's when we really feel old. 1995 for the 32X. That already tells you how old we are, if you hear that name. Uh, in Japan, Knuckles Chaotix. Yes. Do you know how bad I wanted that game as a Sonic fan when it was showing in like magazines? And how much I didn't get a 3DX because what the heck? <laughs> yeah, why why would you get a 32? I actually I think I think I had a 32X. Yeah? Oh, I saw it. No, I can't it was expensive. I remember I didn't get it because it was expensive for my very child budget at the time. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'll get yeah it you day. know, back in those days where, you know, like making twenty five grand meant you were actually rich. 
and and I would have been like eleven. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah. And we start getting super older. Nineteen ninety, Fantasy Star three for the uh, for the Genesis in Japan. That's crazy that the third one came out then, but I always forget that the first one was the Mega Drive. Yeah, is that what it was called? The first one, yeah. Yep. Wow. Like that's it. That's that's how long it's been since we've seen like a proper game in that series. Like they just, they just never they they did online and then that was it. They've stopped since. Crazy. Uh, and then we go back to the sports series. Uh, 1989 baseball for J- for the NES in Japan, which we joked for I think on the on the first time we did this. Yeah, we did. Oh, I'll never not find that funny. Like just, uh, I wish that they still own the rights to that name. So any game just with the word baseball in it. Well, at that point, it would be Nintendo presents baseball. At that point. Oh, true. Nintendo presents baseball. <laughs> also in 1989 for the Game Boy, not the color, the Game Boy, Super Mario Land in Japan. Oh, I loved that game. Played I never played any of the Game Boy ones, because again, I didn't have a Game Boy, so... Mm. It wasn't until the Game Boy Color where I got the uh, the fluorescent purple one that I had the, you know, the uh, the red and blues, and then, and then I started getting into, like, Mario, uh, Super Mario Deluxe, so that's when you got, like, the original, like, port. But like no, I never touched any of the uh, the land ones. That was just one that always passed me by. I actually had the original Game Boy and then didn't have any other Nintendo portable until the DS. I don't know why, but I used my Game Boy up until like 2000. I just obviously didn't have new games on it. And then last but not least, 1984. You want to talk about how old we are? 1984. This game, I'm trying to do the math in my head quickly, is now 38 years old. Duck Hunt. Oh my god. That game is as old as me. Actually, it's four years older than me, I should say. I'm one year older than Duck Hunt. Mm -hmm. Ew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? And and that's its its original release in Japan. So I can't can't even help you out by saying that was a North American release. Nope, that is its original release. I'm older than Duck Hunt. Oh, that's the weirdest sentence I've said. Ever in my life. And that's this week in World, <laughs> presented to you by um I don't know, what's some what's what's some like ointment? I don't know, back pills. Brought to you by back pills. <laughs> Bra- brought to you by whatever that, that uh that back patch thing that Shaq used to be in commercials for all the time. Yes. It was warm and then it was cold. Oh right? the um oh my god. The icy hot back patch. There we icy go. Icy hot, yes. This week in World presented by Icy Hot Back Patches. <laughs> I wish. Wish we really. You were feel cold to. inside, but goddamn, did I give you that list and it burns your, you just burns you to the core. Ha ha. Oh. It only works go. though when I don't, you know, flub the entire line. But hey, it wasn't totally flubbed. It that's was my job. Flood. I speak really fast and flub the lines. This is what happens when you try to speed through. And by speed through, I mean this is just how I normally talk. So yeah. that's just a me problem. So we are at the <laughs> near end point of the show, which means we get to play a game with Chris, aka we get to torture him. <laughs> how have I not been tortured enough? This entire episode. Well, there's better than torturing you once. I'm about to torture you three times because uh, we're going to go back to the price game and you're going to have to do no. all three original Sonic games. Oh. Okay. Now, I'm going to be nice this time because they're actually not that expensive. They are all under $50 loose. Okay. So I'm going to give you that and you're going to have to get within $3 on this one because it's three Sonic games. So you got to get it within three bucks, but you get five guesses. Oh. And it's just gonna be, it, it'll just be higher or lower on this one. So we'll work our way. Okay, so Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3. Yep, so we're going to start with Sonic 1. And again, this is just North American Genesis loose copy. So 
$27. Uh, lower. $21. Lower. $15. You are just about there. It is $14.65 for a loose copy of Sonic 1. Wow. That's not what I was expecting. Okay. Then we get to Sonic 2. This one's going to be higher. $33. Lower. $25. Lower. $15. Lower. $11. You just make that quota. It's $8.45 for a loose copy of Sonic 2. Wow, that's... the. Maybe it's just it's, more... It was probably mass rare. printed in comparison. Yeah, okay. It's got to be that. Holy crap. That's and then last but not least, Sonic 3. Oh. Well, I, I don't know. $14. Higher. What? Okay. What? <laughs> $21. Higher. Okay, this is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 look at me. I'm right, just looking right. at a website for pricing. Uh, $31. It is $30.50 loose. How? That's got to be like the original Michael Jackson music, whatever the Well, and it's is. hard to say because like, here's the thing with it. There are, there's apparently the cardboard box version, which for some reason you think would, would not change the loose price, but the loose price of a cardboard box version is $21.75. So I'm wondering how that makes any sense. Interesting. I mean, Sega did switch to the cardboard box, like, cases, where it wasn't actually a case. It was just a cardboard box, and the game sat in it. <laughs> it you know what? Definitely... I, feel, I feel like having fun. How about one more? Sonic Spinball, go. Oh, okay. That one is going to be, like... Wait, is it still under 50? Yeah, it's still under 50. Okay, that one's going to be $45. Lower. That's going to be $25. Lower. That is going to be $10, Adam. <laughs> You just make the cut, seven ninety eight. It's somehow the cheapest what? Sonic game on this list. I assumed that one was going to be higher because it would be a lot less like, like mass produced. Like it was probably a much more rare game to get. I don't know how this shit works. Spider-Man. I know I know why games like Rule of Rose on PS two are like four hundred dollars because there was like a thousand copies printed, and the reason why like I still have copies of like every Final Fantasy game from the PlayStation era, and they all are like twenty bucks. Yeah. But sometimes it makes no sense. That's just how the that, how the market works. Yeah, I don't. I but don't it's okay. Know. You you did well. You you made it. I did make it. But I mean, you told me under fifty for all of them. That that made it very helpful. Well, because I also wanted to go through this quickly. <laughs> I just didn't want to watch you. But fight. I made it harder. I gave you three dollars. I should have been really mean and said two. You should have said one. Nah, because actually that would have been a lot tougher. That would have been a lot tougher. So it would have been like $11. You're like, nah, it's nine ninety five. You know what? Screw your challenge accepted. Give me one second. I'll go look up Sonic CD. No, why you do that? Oh, that one's going to be tough because the Sonic, the CD. All right. The Sega CD, that's the word. I got, I got the US version. It is under $50. So okay. with, with the one buck, and you get five guesses. Five buck. I got to get it one thumb. One, okay, $1. Okay. I can do this. It's going to be a bit so more you can only get like You only have like t- a $2 range to be correct. Yeah. It's $33. Higher. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's good. $39. <laughs> Higher. $44. Higher. What the? F- you got 40- two guesses, so... $47. You're okay. It's $46.20. Yes. <laughs> that was luck. <laughs> that was pure luck. I was, I was sitting there being like, if he starts low, he's going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> Four dollars. Because again, you had forty six and forty seven. Sometimes you don't want to go too high. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought. I I knew it was a bit more rare because not everybody had a Sega CD. I didn't. I wanted one, but I didn't. So, 
That's that was my logic. I feel like I I can't help myself. I can't help myself. What's Sonic and Knuckles at? I have to imagine that one would be a little higher just because it's it no, it's wasn't. still under fifty bucks. Screw it, we're doing it. We we got we got five minutes. Let's go. Uh, what within one dollar? Uh, uh, thirty-five dollars. Lower. Twenty-five dollars. Higher. Twenty-nine dollars. Damn it. <laughs> Actually, technically, technically, I shouldn't have given you that, but hey, I don't care. It was thirty forty-seven. Oh, okay, yeah, I was off by still. Oh, that's good. Because if oh, if you hadn't been nice and I was that close, I would have been like up, and then you would have been lower, and I've been like, where am I going? I don't understand. Yeah, but like here, here's the crazy thing. So the Sega Mega Drive version in Japan is actually 180 dollars. What? So it's a, so it must be pretty rare out in that because it's also the Mega Drive version too. Remember, remember that. Oh, true, 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 true. That's crazy. Dang, God, I have such good memories with that. I mean, you can you can always judge it like most Mario games are going to be cheap, most Sonic games are going to be cheap, most Zelda games are going to be cheap. It's when you get into the crate, like the really, really like lesser known stuff that it's hard. Like I want to finish my Xenosaga, Suikoden, Shadow Hearts, like et cetera, et cetera, collection. You're paying up the wazoo for that stuff these days, so oh, yeah. it's not as oh, easy. Yeah. Not easy at all. Not like if, easy if, at all. If I want to finish, say Xenosaga three right now, which is the only one I'm missing, that's 169 dollars. If I why did get, I sell it? If I want to get Suikoden in five, which is my favorite game, and I can't believe I traded it in, but it's 125 dollars now. Oh, and then if I want the original Shadow Hearts, which is the only one I'm missing, it's eighty three dollars. Crazy. But in all honesty, I don't want the original. I'm happy with that because apparently the original is like eh, whereas the second and third games are fantastic, and I love both of them. So I don't even know if I played those. I don't think so. Let's uh, because we got like a second here. Uh, like like give me like a couple of games that you wish you could finish your collection on, and we'll see, but you knew they were expensive. I want to see what they are. Hmm. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Actually, I would love Radiata Stories. I think that one is somewhere around 50, 60, I believe. No, it's this was 25, but that also may be, that's loose. So if I check my other place that I normally will check, what are they putting it at? So let's see here. Radiata. Uh, okay, yeah. And there, that's where I think I was seeing it from. It's And the only version they have is the complete version. That's $85. So it seems like it's a bit all over the place depending on where you look, but yeah, that's Radiata Stories. Is there any others you can think of? Like a ta- is there a Tales game that you that you want? Yeah, but I can't even remember. Oh, well, Tales of Grace is F on PS3, but I don't think that's old enough. And I can't remember the Tales game from PS2. Yeah, that's only twenty five bucks. PS2 yeah. would have been Legendia. Yes, that one is only thirty bucks. Assuming that I'm believing this correct, Fantasia would be the interesting one. I've never even touched Fantasia, so that'd be the one I'd want to really. And apparently, that's still relatively cheap too. It's only twenty three bucks. If if again, I'm also believing what I'm reading here on this website for a loose copy. So, wow. The only other game I could think of, one more, Eternal Sonata. It's from PS3. Yeah, that was one of those games back because there there was like a small amount of JRPGs in those days, but I never owned it. So like, all I had was like Lost Odyssey and um, uh, what was I can't even think what the other one was. Oh no, it might have been. Yeah, it was Eternal Sonata because that was on Xbox 360 as well. Uh, but yeah, those are cheap too. That's twenty bucks. Actually, the Xbox version is super cheap. It's seven dollars, loose. I could actually put that in my Xbox Series X. Holy crap! Oh, do I gotta get this game? It's on PS now. I know that. 
But that's streamed. Oh, decisions. Well, some of them you can... Well, actually, yeah, <laughs> PS3 you have to stream. That's, yeah, PS3. It's still the weird thing, but hey, it is what it is. It's better that you get to play it at all than not, so... Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, I, th- I, th- I think I've had enough time torturing you, so I think we will end the show here. So, yeah, um, to go back with everything, like, if you're talking about the we're old thing, if you guys... If there is something that you know came out in the last seven days that we missed, obviously, in the comments below, don't hesitate to mention it. Because again, it's it's my personal bias. I'm picking that list myself. Uh, if you got a fun game to torture Chris with, you should also put that in the comments below. And then if you have any comments on Sonic Origins, if you have any comments on the Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi remakes, if you have any comments on the Game Boy Advance possible emulation on Switch, obviously leave those in the comments below in the YouTube video. If you have any other way to talk to us, whether it's through our social media, which you can find all of our links at linktree slash pixel play podcast. That's L I N K T R dot E E slash pixel play podcast. That gives us links to all our things, where you find all our audio sources, where you find our YouTube channel, link to our discord our email our socials, all of the above is sitting there. So that being said, thank you for checking out episode four cartridge and quarters. We will be back next Saturday at 10 a.m. Like we always are. Don't forget about the Pixel Play podcast with me and Kaylin. Every noon, it uploads on Wednesday. So on behalf of me and Chris, thank you so much for checking out the show. And we will see you next week. Goodbye for now.